Hey everybody, this is Paul. Hi, and this is Donna. And Ashlyn. And Ashlyn, holy cow, Ashlyn, thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> so Donna, I asked you a few weeks ago what your favorite episode was, and you said it was chickens, so we replayed the chickens episode. Chickens. And so it was my turn to pick my favorite episode, and I had a really, really hard time picking one. But just based on how much fun we had and how great our guest was and how much I actually learned about the animal we talked about, I had to go with the episode that we did about tarantulas. I love that mm-hmm. episode. That's a good episode. And Ashlyn, Ashlyn was our rugrat for that episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she did awesome. Thanks for being our rugrat for that episode, Ashlyn. You're welcome. And thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, man. So... Before you heard the episode about tarantulas and your mom said, hey, do you want to be a rugrat and you're going to talk about tarantulas, what did you think about them? At first, I didn't really I didn't really like them, but then whenever I learned about them, I thought that they were pretty cool. Yeah? Did you think they were creepy? A little. A little? Sure. What was your favorite part of that episode? Did you have a favorite part? All of it was my favorite. Oh, you're so sweet. I wish we had a million listeners <laughs> like you. <laughs> Can I tell you what my favorite part was? Sure. My favorite part was when Donna was talking about the little spiders shooting hairs out of their butt and going pew, 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 pew. <laughs> that cracks me up every time. You and my Foley effects, I swear. <laughs> I could just sit there and make sound effects all day, and they're horrible sound effects. They're not good. <laughs> they don't sound like the real thing. <laughs> just making noise <laughs> but it cracks Paul up every time so I can't it's like pushing a button there to get a reward you know yeah. so after you after you heard the episode more creepy or less creepy a little bit less creepy I like them a lot more oh that is terrific so we did our job that's great would you keep a tarantula as a pet like our guest L does uh, maybe maybe wow that's pretty good I wouldn't I don't think I could do that I'd have to put them up because my cat knows how to jump on stuff now. I think I would too. I don't know if I'd have the time to dedicate to taking care of something that can't tell me it's hungry. (laughs) I'm very bad at things that can't tell me they're hungry. (laughs) Like plants. Yeah, I can't do plants. They die all the time. (laughs) But a little animal like a kitty that can go up and go, meow, I'm hungry. And I'm fine with that. I think if I had a tarantula, it might die. <laughs> oh, no. In the middle of the night, my cat likes to scratch on the door and wake everyone up. Oh, good heavens. Yes, that sounds like proper kitty <laughs> behavior. So, Ashlyn, now me and Donna, we're the only two adults that you know that has a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of. We are? <laughs> There's one more person. What? There's other adults with podcasts? Who do you know that has a podcast? <laughs> my mom. And what's the name of her podcast? Uh, you say it. You say it. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's awesome. You're like every creepy child in every horror movie ever. (laughs) You say it. (laughs) That was the best. I want you in a movie. <laughs> okay, so I'll say it, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Okay. Your mom is Melissa. Yes. And she's one of the hosts of Moms and Murders. Mm-hmm. Which is a really, really good true crime podcast hosted by two moms. Mm-hmm. So far, so good? 
Yeah. And you can get it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Mm-hmm. Cool. And she's in the Varmint's discussion group. And so everybody can go there and hang out with me and Donna and Melissa and, and share pet pictures and animal gifs and or gifs or whatever we're calling them this week and all kinds of stuff. You can also email us with your comments and suggestions at varmintspodcast at gmail.com. If you have a kid that wants to be an awesome rug rat like Ashlyn, send us an email, varmintspodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest, varmintspodcast, all one word. Thanks for joining us, Ashlyn. Thank you. We are going to be back with an all new episode on January 11th. It's going to be about parrots. Until then, please enjoy this encore presentation of my favorite episode, the one about tarantulas. And until next time, be nice to animals. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazing caribou studios. You know that you could just not throw the sticks up in the air. What is rock and roll about that? Hey, Joey, I got you another present. Hold it before you tell me what it is. Okay, what is it? Tarantula! God! Rachel, I'm sorry, what was I thinking giving Joey this big, gross, scary spider and such a poorly constructed cage? What are you talking about? I love them! I had a tarantula when I was a kid, but it, it died because my cat ate it. And then, and then my cat died. But Joey, isn't this cool? Is it on me? I feel, I feel like it's on me. I got, I got... Oh, isn't that adorable? Joey is afraid of the tarantula. Oh, yeah. He's so adorable. God, he's just so much fun. Joey's the best. I'm glad you're having so much fun here. Hello, and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul. I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. I have not become one since last episode. Uh, Today we are talking about tarantulas. And we have a buddy, an animal expert, <laughs> about tarantulas. Yeah! El Stewart. Yeah! <laughs> I love that guy. In the, the, I love that guy that's like, yahaha. <laughs> El Stewart, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I don't know that hey, I be- call myself an expert either, but uh, I have a lot of experience. So there's that. Well, we talked a th- we talked a few months ago, and and we were talking on Facebook, and you said, "Hey, if you ever need someone to talk about tarantulas, I own a whole bunch of them." And I was like, "Yes, please come on, because your podcast is so awesome." Why don't you tell everybody about uh, your podcast and where they can find you, just to start off? Uh, well, hi, I am L, and this is not the Quid Pro Quo podcast, uh, but I do <laughs> run the Quid Pro Quo podcast. 
It is a forensic psychology podcast, but it's aimed towards general knowledge and um, educating people that don't have a background in it, because I think it's just important for people to know more about what's going on in the world and and all of these crazy headlines that we hear all over the place. Uh, So... Quid Pro Quo is available broadly pretty much anywhere that you type in the words quidproquocast.com. And if I'm missing any kind of media, email me at quidproquocast at (laughs) gmail.com and let me know, and I'll add that too. Awesome. It is such a good podcast. If you're like me and you're a little squeamish about true crime, but you like psychology and you like the psychology behind it, oh man, it is such a good podcast. Thank you. L, what in the world, this is maybe this is the most, I don't know what the most common question you get about tarantulas is, but why, what made you decide to start keeping tarantulas as, as pets? <laughs> um, so way back in the, in the olden days of college, uh, I was dating a guy and I bought him a tarantula as a gift. And the thing completely freaked me out. I, it has no face. I couldn't figure out what it was thinking. They, they just do things, and you don't know where it's coming from. You have no cues. You know, it's not like a dog where it, it changes expression. So I got kind of fascinated with it. I, I used to just watch it endlessly, trying to figure out what the heck it was going to do. And I just got into them. Uh, that was That was in... And uh, so (laughs) in 2004, in December 2004, I actually got my first one. I got three at one time. Wow. And one of those actually only died last year. So I had her for 12 years, and she was an adult, which means she was at least 17 before she died. So, Holy cow. Yeah. She lived as long as my Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how many do you have right now, tarantulas? Uh, right now, I have 10. In okay. total, I have had 35. I actually just counted very recently. Holy moly. That is something else. Do you have friends that refuse to come over or refuse to go in the part of the house that has the tarantulas because I know we have a little albino corn snake and it lives in my daughter's room and we have friends that will actually not come over because even though the snake is secure and it's not getting out of its little enclosure they just they're they don't want to be around the snake um I've I've had people that don't want to go close to them but I have them very sort of packed away i have them in a in a china cabinet because i have cats and cats and tarantulas do not mix so to keep them (laughs) safe and to keep the cats safe uh because if if a cat ate a tarantula it they both would die um i have so that little friends clip was was accurate probably yeah it well it certainly wouldn't be good for the cat it might not die but it it would not be a, a happy time for the cat so i have them kind of closed away and it's not immediately obvious where they are and I'm I try to be very careful about not startling people with them or upsetting people you know I have a lot of friends who are very arachnophobic I I never post pictures publicly of them at least not without warning people that that there are going to be pictures of tarantulas so people recognize my goodwill and 
know that I'm not going to, you know, throw a fake spider at them or, or a real one. So people are surprisingly okay with being near them. Cool. So if somebody is listening and they say, hey, a tarantula would be a really, really cool pet to have. Do you have any advice for them? Any, any tips or anything? Tarantulas are the best display pet I have ever had in my life. And I have had a lot of pets. They're easier than the easiest fish. They're cool looking. They're very low maintenance. There's a couple of things that you do have to pay attention to. Really, the the main thing you have to worry about with them is water. You just have to make sure that they have regular water. If you feed a tarantula once a week, it is going to be morbidly obese. So, oh, no. Yeah, so they they eat very rarely. I've actually had tarantulas, or I had one tarantula that went on hunger strike for almost an entire year. I thought it was dead, and I just kept putting water in, and about a year later, it came up out of its burrow, and I was like, yay, you're alive. So that one... <laughs> That one was named Amelia Earhart. Um, <laughs> 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 because it was a baby uh, Brachypelma Amelia. So. And also thought to have disappeared. So that's clever. I see yes, what you did there. Yes. They don't like having their environment messed with, so you don't have to do regular cleanouts. Once a year is, is actually pretty high maintenance. Uh, so, water. Very rare changes. They eat crickets. You can feed them other things, but crickets are going to be the easiest and most accessible thing. And they, they that's kind of what they're made to eat. So you don't have to worry about whether they're nutritionally imbalanced because they're not getting some other kind of bug. Sure. They take up very little space, uh, a lot less space than you think, because they, they don't travel far. Other than the adult males, they kind of, they pick a spot and they live in it. So they they don't need big, expansive cages. The only thing that I, I would say that it's really important to know when starting out is do a little research before you get one. Because a lot of the ones that are regularly available in pet shops are really not very good for beginners. There's sort of a separation between two major kinds of spider or two major kinds of tarantulas called old world and new world. Old world tarantulas are from southern Europe, Asia, Africa, and they're a lot harder to care for. They're a lot faster. They're a lot more defensive. So it's it's kind of like having a pet wasp. Uh, meanwhile, oh my goodness! Yeah, they 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 certainly do have their interests, and I've I've had one, uh, and she was beautiful and she was really cool, but they they can be a little scary sometimes when you're doing feeding and and changing and stuff. So definitely sure. not for beginners. Uh, what I usually people to tell people to look for is uh, desert species from the Americas. They're incredibly hardy. Some of them are really cool looking. They get big and they're just going to be so much easier to care for and uh, so much more docile than anything that you're going to get from the old world. That's awesome. Yeah. And we always tell our listeners to do their research before they get any kind of pet that isn't, you know, dog, cat, that kind of thing where there's just, you know, everybody's had them before and there's a ton of information out there about how to train them and take care of them. But, you know, alternate little pets like this, like chameleons and, and tarantulas, we always tell people to do their homework, do, do your research before you just go out and 
and grab one of these things because you think it's cool. Oh, yeah. People have only really been keeping them in the pet trade since the 70s. Uh, and up until extremely recently, everything that you got was wild caught. So you didn't know how old it was. You didn't know where it came from. Some of them came with parasites. A lot of times they were poorly labeled, so you'd think that you bought one thing and you, you actually bought another thing. It's only really within the last 10 years that people are successfully breeding them and that you can get tiny babies. I, I actually, right now, I have, uh, I have four baby tarantulas that I just got last month. I have one that is so small that it could use a Cheerio as an inner tube. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> And the, the babies move in a completely different way from the adults. And I think it's adorable. A lot of people don't think it's adorable, but they're, they're my pets, so they can, they can think whatever they want. <laughs> well, I've started thinking that we need to tell people when they're considering any pet to actually talk to their veterinarian, find a veterinarian and talk to one and establish a relationship before you do it. I don't know how involved vets are in these kinds of species though do you do you have a veterinary can there be anything done if your tarantula gets sick there's there's very little uh i've had a couple of what you would consider to be medical emergencies with tarantulas and it's not the kind of thing that a vet is going to know what the heck to do with um the worst thing or the two worst things that you're going to see with a tarantula is a fall or a uh, what's called a stuck molt. Mm. So a fall, obviously they fall, they hurt themselves, uh, they bleed out. So that there's... was a big myth that I was researching. I was going to ask you about too. Is that people? Is that true that if they if you drop them, they will shatter into a billion pieces? I, um, I asked my vet, and he said he doesn't think they shatter, but they definitely could get hurt. And I should ask the ask you what yeah. what about it specifically? They wouldn't shatter, but they're very heavy and their their butt part is soft it's you know their legs are, are hard they're chitinous so they might break a leg but that actually wouldn't be that bad for them because they can they can drop their legs the way a lizard can or the way some lizards can drop their tails mm -hmm. but their their butt is where their heart is that's where their stomach is and it's soft and leathery so if it it's kind of like dropping a tomato, not right. not to be gross, but if yeah. it falls too far, it will burst, and Aww. that is oh man, that is a death sentence. You know, sometimes if they have a small cut, you can you can super glue them. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of battlefield medicine there, but um, right. that's wow, that's the best you can do for a tarantula with that kind of injury. The other thing that happens is uh, what's called a stuck molt, which I actually had to deal with recently. Un unfortunately, my tarantula didn't really live through it. Aww. Well, she did, but she didn't live for very long. They molt like snakes. You know, they, they grow bigger in their skin, and eventually their skin splits open, and they, they kind of squiggle out of it, which if you're not terribly arachnophobic, I highly recommend go to YouTube and find a video of it because it is the weirdest most alien thing you could imagine. It's really cool looking. Because um, animals that have exoskeletons have to do this when they grow. Yeah. If they're weakened for some reason or if it takes too long for them to get out, they can harden halfway out and then mm. they can't get out. So, oh, no. uh, yeah, I had I had that happen 
for the first time recently and I, I got her out but I think that just there was too much damage done it can also how do I put this so their internal organs also shed so it's it's I don't even know how you would describe it when they shed the the lining of certain internal organs their mouth their lungs actually comes out with the shed so that it's they have kind of a fresh layer underneath. If they get stuck in the shed, that layer of old lung or, or mouth can get stuck. And then they can't breathe, they can't eat. That's, that's probably what happened with her because she didn't really, she didn't live much more than a couple of days. Uh, so it, oh my. it probably wasn't the damage to her legs. It was probably that. But it's, it's very hard to... You know, you're looking at the underside of a tarantula and you're like, well, I I think I got it all. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Holy cow. We'll put a video of a, we'll find a YouTube video of a tarantula molting and we'll put it in the show notes today. Cool. All right, cool. All right. Well, I want to remind our listeners to go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes. Speaking of show notes for today's episode, we are also on Twitter and Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. If you like our show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. Uh, There's also a Pinterest board that I maintain that has not only pictures of the animals that we're talking about, but also um, art and sculpture and, you know, just little material things that you can buy that are based on the animal and just all sorts of stuff. And I have a feeling that the Pinterest board for this particular critter is going to be way interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of good art out there. So (laughs) if you aren't spidey phobic, go and check it out. The link to the Pinterest board is always at the bottom of our show notes. All right, let's go talk about tarantulas. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about tarantulas today. Tarantulas are a group of often large, hairy spiders. All tarantulas are considered spiders, but not all spiders are tarantulas. They all belong to the same class, which are arachnids, but tarantulas are in an entirely different family called Theraphosidae. Tarantulas are usually larger than spiders and other families. Not all spiders are hairy, but tarantulas are always hairy. And some spiders are actually herbivorous. They eat plants, but tarantulas are always carnivorous. And there's also some other really cool physiological adaptations that tarantulas have that we'll talk about through this episode that kind of separate them from other spiders. Uh, Tarantulas are found on every major continent except Antarctica and a few of the colder climates. There are over 900 identified species of tarantula, so size and even color can vary a lot. Most tarantulas are brown, but some species have cobalt blue, there's black and white striped tarantulas, there's bright orange and and yellow colorations on some of these spiders, and they're really brilliant looking. They also range in size. There's tarantulas that are about the size of of your fingernail when they're full grown. And then there's the Goliath bird eater, which is the world's largest spider by mass and size, and it has a foot span of 12 inches. I really like spiders. Always been into them. I suppose it's 
Is it predictable that I would be the kid that was like ended up being the goth and everything because I like all that creepy kind of stuff? Is that, <laughs> is that a little? Was it a little bit on the nose? Gosh, I was maybe I just everything was so expected. I wasn't a surprising kid, I guess. <laughs> They've never bothered me, and I don't kill spiders in the house. I don't either. I, I like just them. Won't do it, but, but I, I I have I have friends that are a little younger than me or around my age that are you know, big manly men that are scared to death of spiders. Well, I just figure even when people are killing the spiders in their house, there's so many spiders in a house that they probably aren't making that much of a dent. It's just they don't see them most of the time. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, if to be comforted, if you are arachnophobic, they're eating so many bugs. Like, you would, it's unbelievable how many bugs they eat in a household. So you wouldn't want them to be... You wouldn't want them not to be there, even if you could. I know you think you do, but you really don't. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I learned uh, doing the research that we're doing today, which I thought was super cool and I'd never heard before, was that some species of spiders, of tarantulas, can attack with their back hair, essentially. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No way, dude. (laughs) <laughs> Way. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's all tarantula species, but uh, a lot of them can, especially the New World spiders that that she was talking about earlier, the ones in our country, can basically ninja throwing star their butt hairs. You know, they're like they have these. <laughs> they're called. They're called. I believe it's pronounced urticating hairs on the abdomen. And <laughs> um, Ninja throwing star your butt hairs has never been uttered. That is the first time in recorded history that sentence has ever been used. Congratulations. <laughs> There's a video connected to this article that I found about it, which is I, I'm going to try to include in the show notes. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. But (laughs) in tarantulas, these urticating hairs are located on the dorsal abdomen. So that's the back of the top of the bottom section, right? And Wait, the back of the top of the bottom section? (laughs) Oddly, I followed that. Well, I mean, in the article it says the dorsal abdomen, which if you've taken an anatomy class, you know means the back of the top of the bottom section. So the butt. <laughs> but, but it's their okay. abdomen because I know that's kind of hard for us because we're like abdomens in the front, but it is yeah, it's no, it's it has two sides, <laughs> and <laughs> the dorsal side is where the hairs are. So when they're threatened, they basically brush these hairs off of their body with these crazy rapid leg flicking motions. They're like, get away from me, buddy, and. And the hairs go flying off, and they're super, super irritating. That's surprisingly accurate. <laughs> um, but the it, the ad, the uh, article just it links to a study of the of the palpal urticating hairs mechanism that you can you can kind of look at it and stuff, but it doesn't really say what it does other than just irritate the the animal that's attacking them. It, if, if, if it gets in their eye, it's not a good thing. Um, it can result in irritation and stuff, but it looks like it's just 
like a, it doesn't look like it's a deadly behavior so much as a just, I'm gonna get away kind of behavior. So, right. yeah, so that was really interesting. I'd never, ever heard of that, and that's amazing. I love it. It sounds like you've had some experience with this, Elle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh -oh. It's, it is probably the most annoying thing about caring for tarantulas, because if you have... Some of them are really chill, and they never kick hairs, and you're great. And some of them, you give them water, and they kick hairs. You give them food, and they kick hairs. You go too close <laughs> to their cage, and they kick hairs. And it's it, it feels like fiberglass. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. It's... Some of them are worse than others. Some species are worse than others. And the worst is actually the Goliath bird eater, which I have had one, and he was a giant pain in the butt because he was constantly flicking hair. He was a giant pain in the dorsal abdomen. Yes. <laughs> well, they have a picture, Elle, in this article, and I'll link the article in the show notes, and I'll put the picture in. But it's a Brachypelma smithy tarantula, mm -hmm. and she has like one. this giant bald patch on her butt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and having had a smithy, that's what mine looked like too, because she <laughs> looks like a tonsured monk, really. You know, yep. it is a good way to know if they're um, well, depending on the personality of the tarantula. As much as you could say that a tarantula has personality, uh, it can be a good way to know if they are. If they maybe don't want to eat or if you have to leave them alone for whatever reason, it, usually when they shed, they don't eat right up to the shed and after the shed. So if you have a tarantula that it's really like, no, leave me alone, you leave it alone and, and give it a couple of days and then see if it wants food again before right. you feed it. Cool. cool. <laughs> that is crazy interesting. It's actually... Um, we, I mentioned the old world versus the new world tarantulas before. New world tarantulas don't have to bite you to defend themselves. Old world tarantulas do. So right. old world tarantulas have much nastier venom. Uh, some of them are what is considered to be medically significant. It's not, it's not going to kill you, but it will hurt a whole lot. Yeah, so tarantulas, they do have fangs, and they do have venom, and they use that, they use the fangs to defend themselves and to subdue prey, but they don't really use them to chew their food because their mouths aren't like that. Uh, in fact, tarantulas don't really chew their food at all. Humans and, and a lot of other animals ingest solid pieces of food, and then the stomach acids break those pieces down, and then they're digested. But a tarantula has a mouth shaped kind of like a little drinking straw. So its food has to be liquefied before it can ingest it. So once a tarantula has ambushed its prey, kind of wrapped it up in its legs, injected it with venom, and stabbed it with its fangs and killed it, it will inject the prey with digestive enzymes, which will liquefy all the solid parts of whatever they're eating. And then they use that little straw-like mouth part to suck up all that liquid. They do have a stomach, but the stomach is really more or less like a pump. And it acts like a little bellows to get that liquid straight into the intestines as soon as possible. Now, food is then stored as needed in the cica, which is an elaborate system of sacs and pouches throughout the body that can hold food before it's digested and turned into energy. So this means that when a tarantula eats a particularly significant meal, he can break it down, he can slurp it up, and then store whatever he can't digest right away. And that allows the tarantula to go for several days or even months or even a whole year, like you were saying, without having to, to eat again. Now, when they... Do they poop? <laughs> 
they have to poop, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they do. It um, it looks kind of like bird poop. It's it's kind of chalky and white, and some tarantulas can actually use it as a another defensive weapon. Some of them will actually shoot their poop at you like little <laughs> like little slingshots. That is awesome. Which is yes. pretty much the funniest thing ever. Wait, we need a poo shooting oh. sound effect. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so how often do you have to go into their little enclosures and, and clean up the husks of dead animals and, and little bird tarantula poopies? Um, the food leavings are pretty rare. It, it kind of defend, depends on the individual. Some of them are messier or neater than others. Mostly they, they do such a good job of eating them that the husks turn into what are called bolus or boluses. It's a hard word to say, uh, which are just these tiny little hard balls of the chitin and whatever's left over. Um, and those are really pretty inert unless you have a very damp tarantula cage you only have to go in there every once in a while and kind of pick up what's around some of them will actually have little dedicated garbage spots where they drop them off and then you can just scoop them up and then the poop just a little paper towel usually i use tweezers for a lot of the stuff that i do with them Mm -hmm. Uh, so i just take a wet paper towel with a tweezer and just kind of squeegee the walls and they tend to go in specific places so you'll see Kind of like pigeons. You can always tell where pigeons roost. You can always tell where tarantulas poop. Because there's a little <laughs> spot. <laughs> I love that they have their little spidey bathroom. Oh, they, they're potty. very particular. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elle, before you get into your little uh, adaptation, I'm going to play this real quick. All right, before Elle gets into her adaptation, this is a little warning. Just want to warn you that uh, little spiders come from big spiders. And parents, if you're listening with your kids and you don't want to get into any awkward conversations, we're not going to get graphic or gross, but, you know, this is the part where we talk about where little spiders come from. So just, you know, listen beforehand or, or skip ahead a couple minutes or whatever you got to do so that uh, you're not involved in any kind of, you know, awkwardness with your kid. There will be uncomfortable conversations after this episode. If you don't, <laughs> if you haven't had those conversations, you will now. <laughs> some very confusing ones because tarantulas are not like people and you're going to no. give your kids some weird ideas about how people work if, they, if they're going off of how tarantulas work. They're going to be so, like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> So one of my favorite things about tarantulas, and, and also spiders, you'll see it in both, is that the male tarantulas will carry the sperm around in these kind of boxing glove looking things on the front of their pedipalps. The pedipalps are the shorter legs in the very front. They're sort of the hands of the tarantula. Adult male tarantulas will get this bulb on the end and that's where they carry their sperm so uh, adult male tarantulas will will pick up the sperm with their little bulbs and then they run around looking for the ladies and when they find a lady they go a couple of rounds with their boxing gloves and uh, <laughs> if, if all goes well the female tarantula will accept it and uh, so she'll have the sperm which which she can actually store up until her next molt and if he's very lucky he won't get eaten 
as a way to ensure that his sperm do well with the female. Male tarantulas don't tend to live very long, even if they don't get eaten. But if you see a male tarantula or spider, if you live in a place where there are tarantulas running around, if you see any tarantula running anywhere, it's probably going to be a male. Uh, the females tend to stay very still, and the males tend to run around more looking for ladies. Uh, and if you see them with those boxing gloves, that means they're definitely looking for a lady and looking to go a couple of rounds. That is awesome. All right, well, it's disclaimer time. The Varmints Podcast knows that it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So on a scale of one to ten, I there I don't know that there's anything. I don't know if there's any such thing as a smart bug. I mean, I gave him like a two, but I don't yeah. know because they seem like bugs just seem kind of like little drones. They just do their thing. Well, I mean, you have to have gray tissue to have thoughts. So and they don't. They just have a little ganglion. So. They have their little behaviors and, you know, their little pre-programmed behaviors and I don't know. I mean, the set of behaviors seems like it's fairly limited, but also super interesting and like they're really good at their job. So I don't, I don't know if it's really, I'm, I'm not really sure if it, if it, if it, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to phrase this. If it's a is it a thing to talk about creatures that don't have gray matter and like thinking neurons and stuff uh, in the same conversation as animals that do? Is it, is it, are they invertebrates? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it a invertebrate, vertebrate juxtaposition going on? And I just don't even know if it's fair to compare is basically what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think like two, but I think you're being a brainist. <laughs> am I am I over well I'm not overthinking it. No, no. I'm not overthinking it. No, but it. they are really they are really like a little computer program with legs. Yeah, and that's like all, all insects. All little invertebrates are like that, so yeah. I mean I this is a it's an important question of what, what constitutes thought, and I don't think they have thoughts. So it doesn't mean they don't have different behaviors and, and stuff. Online, there's a place called Arachnoboards where people who own tarantulas as pets, they talk and stuff about their pets. And one thread, the moderator actually had to put a stern warning right at the top of the thread to keep it civil. Because apparently tarantula owners will go to war over this issue. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, but then the research I looked at said that they're not super smarty, so I don't know. <laughs> What do you what do you think, Al? You've had a bunch of tarantulas. I I've had smarter rocks. Uh, <laughs> they're <laughs> they're not smart creatures, but I will say they have. I mean, I I know they're not supposed to have personality um, as as we measure it, but uh, they they do have preferences. So mm. there will be and and there are differences between them and predictable differences so i know if i go into one tarantula's cage and i do this thing it's going to react in a certain way and i know you know at, at least ones that i know well i know other tarantulas if i do the same thing they're going to do something different so i 
certainly not intelligence, but there's, I don't think it's quite as rote as something like a bee or an ant where it's, you know, just a single pathway. They, they do seem to have some personality, which is, I actually found really surprising uh, when I started keeping them as pets. But like I said, they have predictable behaviors that differ between them. So maybe they do have personality. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about tarantulas and pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after this message. Breaker's podcast follows Shepard Gray as he travels through a world ravaged by the killer virus KV-571. If you're out there, you're either a survivor, an outlaw ratty gunslinger, or you're an infected breaker. Find new episodes of Shepard's story each week at breakerspodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, the three of us, we're just a bunch of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. I never thought I would get to talk about my favorite movie of all time on this podcast, but alas, the day has come, and I get to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love this movie so much, and there is a scene at the beginning of the movie where Indiana Jones, who of course is played by Harrison Ford, and his guide Satipo, who is played by Alfred Molina, they're entering a cave trying to get past some booby traps to get to the golden idol at the end of the cave. And in the scene, Satipo stops in his tracks to shoo away a few tarantulas that have crawled up Indy's back. And this causes Indy to make Satipo turn around and reveal his entire back covered in dozens of huge tarantulas. Do you guys remember that scene? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> They used Mexican red knee tarantulas, which are supposedly one of the more docile species of tarantula. And I think that they're common as pets. Am I right mm -hmm. about that? Yep, I've had one. So while they were shooting the scene, Steven Spielberg wanted the tarantulas to be crawling all over Alfred Molina. But the tarantulas stood absolutely still. And <laughs> when he asked why they weren't moving, the animal wranglers told Steven Spielberg that all of the tarantulas on Molina's back were males, so they weren't acting aggressive. Huh. So Steven Spielberg said, well, what will happen if we put a female in there? And so they did. And so the male tarantulas started moving. And then they got the shot that they needed. <laughs> now, normally this is where I would play a clip of the film, but there's not a whole lot of dialogue. And audio-wise, it's not terribly interesting. But one really interesting thing is... As we said before, tarantulas do not do well if they are dropped. So in all the scenes where Indy is taking his whip and brushing away the tarantulas off of himself and off of Satipo, it's shot in such a way that you don't actually see the tarantulas getting hit and knocked off. It's all kind of implied. And we'll put a link to the YouTube video of it on our show notes so that you can see it for yourself. It's really, really interesting. There's a very, very brief shot of tarantulas hitting the cave floor, but you can tell that they're being dropped a very short distance, probably no more than three inches. 
So no tarantulas were hurt in the making of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yay! So it's it's not common that you see something that's specifically a tarantula in pop culture. Normally you see spiders. I, you know, I, I guess tarantulas don't film or don't don't show well. <laughs> Though uh, there is one character that I always think of as a tarantula, and that's uh, from the movie Spirited Away. There's a boiler man called Kamaji, who is this giant six-legged and two or six-armed two-legged creature with a big bushy beard. He just always struck me as a tarantula. If you're not familiar with Spirited Away, it's a massively award-winning animated feature from 2001 from Studio Ghibli, and it's centered around a young girl named Chihiro who gets separated from her parents and stranded in a bizarre fantasy world. So in order to reconnect with her parents, she must ask for a job at a boiler room for a nearby bathhouse, and the boiler man is Kamaji. And he's very frightening at first, and he's huge and scary and, and totally bizarre. He's, he's one of the first creatures that she encounters in this world. But as it turns out, he's, he's curmudgeonly and particular and grumpy, but he's okay. He actually helps her out. So <laughs> that just reminds me so much of how tarantulas are in real life. And uh, he's, he's kind of adorable in his grumpy little way. That's fantastic. I have a little clip of him. You did. But he got mixed up with you, Baba, and took a job as her apprentice. I warned him that it was too dangerous. Just quit. Go back home, I told him. But he said for some reason he had no home to return to. Once your Baba got control over him, his face turned pale and his eyes turned steely. He's never been the same. <laughs> Neat. So I didn't have a pop culture, but I do have a, a um, I can relate a personal story, which is pretty funny. Um, okay, story my, time. Yeah, it'll just be a real short little story. Okay. My friends and I used to have, before everybody had children and like became adults, we all had a party every holiday that we had a special present giving, uh, like a secret Santa, only we called it the secret Satan. Uh, you can already tell what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> we, I have a friend. Let's call him Bob. Bob was, like, super afraid of spiders. So one year, somebody had the brilliant idea to make his secret Satan present a live tarantula. <laughs> oh. So, of course, you had me on the scene going, please make him open it on the floor, on the floor, so it doesn't go flying and get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't want him to be like, Wah! and just have the box go flying off across the room and hit the wall and like, Psh, oh my gosh. So um, it was really funny because everybody was like gathered around and he's opening the box on the floor and he's like, it's going to be something horrible, I can tell. <laughs> and he opens it up and it's a tarantula, a big, huge, like, huge tarantula, like hairy and sitting there in a cage like, do the game tarantula hi everybody <laughs> happy holidays and uh, <laughs> and he was like oh my gosh oh you guys are terrible and everybody was laughing so hard so but what what ended up the end of the story is that because he's an elementary school teacher he ended up taking the spider to his classroom 
and then he got like every book he could find to read about tarantulas. This is before the internet was a, was like a big thing. And uh, so not only did it become a class favorite, he also became kind of a tarantula expert. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> And he's so no cool. longer afraid of spiders of any kind. So win. Oh, that's a happy ending. Yeah. Super I love happy it. ending. So. It's a little familiar, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but it was, it was funny because it was all wrapped up and everybody was like, oh, it's going to be scary. And he just turned it all around like, I'm going to learn about this. I'm going to conquer my fear. And he did. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I like to eat. Oh, <laughs> I like to eat too. Uh, Donna, tarantulas, are they in the food box? It depends. I feel like they're, they're kind of like maybe the big one. The what? What's the guy called? The Goliath one. He might be getting big enough to try the legs. Yeah, so, they're eating them all the time yeah. in Cambodia. Yeah, but they eat them too big. I mean, and, they eat like the whole thing, right? Oh yeah, and I, I watched a YouTube video with Gordon Ramsay eating one, and, and he was not impressed. So yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could do the whole body. But if it was a big enough one where you could take like crack their leg pieces open like a like a crustacean and. Oh. Dip it in butter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really the only reason people eat lobster. It's just a way to, you know, to eat melted butter in a socially acceptable way. And also, right? lobster's delicious. So <laughs> you don't know. It could be that the big, the real big spiders are, have delicious legs too. <laughs> Maybe. How about you, L? I I do. I love seafood. So. And I, I recognize that it's basically the same thing. So it's it's not so much the ick factor of it, but I I just don't think I could eat something that I've had as a pet. Um, yeah, I, I think that kind of knocks it off the table for me. Hmm. <laughs> yep. L, Donna, are your brains repositories of useless information like mine is? No. Yeah. Well, let's help everybody win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. Is this your homework, Larry? Look, man. Do, please. In Colorado, every year, we have an annual tarantula migration on the eastern plains of Colorado down in the Comanche National Grasslands area. So basically what's happening is that the males are are making a migration to find females and mate. So it's sort of interesting. If you're an arachnophobe, you might want to avoid this area during the fall. It starts in (laughs) mid-September and it tapers off right about now. And there is a, I have a really good article I'll put in the show notes about this. There's a entomologist called Whitney Cranshaw, who's been studying all of this for three decades to witness their migration he's seen it every single year and collect uh, specimens and he says the most visible part of the migratory phenomenon sounds like a chicken joke (laughs) he says they don't particularly (laughs) like the roads they're just crossing them to get to the other side (laughs) (laughs) so the spiders are the oklahoma brown variety and i don't know l do you know what that is um i've seen them i i don't think i've ever seen them in a pet store because uh, they're they're kind of drab, they're not terribly exciting, but ah. I've seen a lot of pictures of them, and they're pretty common for people that are um, that are local to the area that are interested in tarantulas. It's a pretty common one for people to collect. Hmm. Cool. 
Well, they, the females, like to make their burrows in undisturbed prairie rangeland. So, and they stick to their burrows for their whole lives, which can be like 25 years long. And then the wow. males, when they reach about eight, they gang up in groups and set out using their sense of touch and vibration to locate the ladies. <laughs> they, they tend to turn <laughs> up in waves on specific p- spots on the highways because of where the burrows are. So, um, <laughs> they, cool. they can they can have like huge tarantula traffic jams on the road. <laughs> wow. They have to dodge all the traffic and stuff. And the scientist said, you know, they're doomed anyway because they get a bout of sexy time and then they die. <laughs> oh, you might want to take that out. <laughs> uh, they get some happy time and then they die. How's that? <laughs> So, yeah, basically, the article's really interesting, and I'll just, the one last line I'll say is that people will post on Facebook all the time, and they snap pictures of it and stuff, so you can see a lot of the pictures of people um, that people have taken on their cell phones, and people will post comments like, oh, it must be fall, the spiders are out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come to Colorado, it's covered in spiders. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that'll that'll keep people away. That'll keep my friends away. Don't move here. It's covered in tarantulas. <laughs> <laughs> Elle, what did you have this week? Even though tarantulas are huge, they can do gravity-defying climbs using a combination of these really cool techniques. Uh, so, like geckos, they have microscopic hairs on their feet which make use of a form of molecular attraction called the van der Waals force to stick to smooth surfaces. So they're, they're actually using molecular forces to stick to walls. And wow. if you look at their feet, they have kind of, um, it's not always visible, but sometimes you can see sort of a rainbow oil slick effect on the bottom of their feet and that is due to the structure of the hairs they create an optical effect so there's this that scientists have known about for a while which is pretty cool but doesn't entirely explain how something as big as a goliath bird eater can walk on glass which they can i've seen it uh and it's it's pretty crazy So scientists figured there must be something else at work keeping them aloft. And within the last decade, so obviously very, very recently, uh, multiple research teams have discovered that tarantulas also spin silk with their feet. So they leave behind little webs with their feet that are that's part of how they they climb walls. And uh, so I've given a link to a. A scientific study about that, or an article on a scientific study about that, but that's pretty cool. That's amazing. That's so cool. It really is, man. I this week, I tell you what, I think I have learned more about this animal this week than I have about any other animal we've done in a really long time. I can't think of the last time we did an animal where I've learned so much stuff that I did not know about them. Tarantulas are just—they're fascinating. They really are. They're such bizarre little creatures, and they're all around us. Well, not all around us. (laughs) They kind of are. Are are they? I mean, I was just wanting to ask one more question. Do they live in the city, or is it mostly just out in the out in the the? uh... It's mostly desert and rainforest. 
Um, you know, you will see you know areas where things have um, have overlapped. You will see them. Actually, my my grandparents used to live in Puerto Rico, and uh, they had a tarantula that lived in their garage for years, and uh, that was kind of like their little their little outdoor pet. So sometimes <laughs> they will neat. encroach. Right. Well, that's really cool. Awesome. Awesome. L. Stewart, thank you so, so much for joining us. This has been an absolute delight to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so much fun and nice to Why do you... something a little different. Yeah. Tell everybody one more time where they can find your podcast. It is anywhere that you type in quid pro quo cast dot com, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, anywhere. It's going to be the same thing. Oh, Instagram as well. Quid pro quo cast dot com. Fantastic. And yeah, do check that out. It really is a good podcast. As always, the Varmints podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music by Kevin McLeod. Thank you guys. And by you, the Patreon supporter, thank you so much for kicking in a dollar or two every month to make sure that Blazing Caribou Studios can keep bringing our podcast to your ear holes. We really do appreciate it. This week on the Rugrat Corner, we have Ashlyn, Lincoln, and Mason. They have something to say about tarantulas. Hi, Varmint. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Mason. I'm Lincoln. Today we're going to be talking about tarantulas. One fact that tarantulas is that they have a predator, and that predator is called a tarantula hawk, and it is a wasp. And some people eat tarantulas. And did you know that the smallest tarantula was an inch short, and um, the biggest tarantula was over a foot tall? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, Varmints. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, kids. (laughs) Bye, kids. Thank you so much. That little girl, Ashlyn, is like a super fan of our show. And I just want to, I mean, I want to say hello to all of them, but especially, especially Ashlyn. Hi, Ashlyn. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for talking to us on our show, guys. Yes. And thank you to Melissa and Mandy. They are the hosts of Moms and Murder. And those were their Rugrats this week. So thanks for letting us uh, get their little, get their little viewpoints. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and until next time... Be nice to animals, even bugs. (laughs) You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Hello. Hi. Oh, Oh. is this Elle? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Hang on. I'm going to have a little fanboy moment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm good. Hey. (laughs) Hi. I will uh I will give a future fangirl moment. I haven't been able to listen to your podcast, but I trust Paul implicitly and I'm super interested in your last <laughs> episode about uh the stranger danger stuff cuz I've been screaming about that forever. So uh yeah. Okay, so future fangirl moment. I I accept any and all fangirl moments, fanboy moments.